Hi, dreamers. This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today I'm here with Zach, who is the co-founder and CEO of Wanda, the SaaS-enabled B2B marketplace that facilitates trade between African SME producers and European retailers. Zach was born and raised in Safi, Morocco, and in 2012 he moved to France for his study, and now he is based in Berlin, in Germany. Before he started Wanda in 2021, he founded Exhibit in 2016 on the award-winning augmented reality startup. And before founding Exhibit, he worked as a technology executive advisor for the SAP leadership. Zach also won several prestigious international awards and was mentioned several times in top magazines such as Forbes. I've done some research about him before our podcast recording, and honestly, this short intro is definitely not enough to summarize all his achievements and his remarkable journey. So I'm super excited.、Uh, so let's welcome Zach right away and learn more about his journey. So welcome to the show, Zach. So happy, happy to have you here today. Yeah, thanks a lot for for having me. I'm super excited to、um, be part of the show and share a little bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I am super excited. I have so many questions. So yeah, let's start.、Um, so you were born and raised in Morocco, and in 2012 you moved to France、uh, to study, and、yeah. then you moved to Germany after. And I,、yeah. I read one of your blog posts that even in Germany,、uh, you didn't initially move to Berlin right away, but you fell in love with、yeah. Berlin, so you decided to move to Berlin. So I've never been to Morocco, but、uh, I would love to learn more about you know how you know how was life in Morocco when you were growing up, and、uh, and also why did you choose Berlin among so many cities in Germany? <laughs> well,、um, be- between. Morocco, where I actually grow up, and and Berlin,、um, I, I went through like many、um, m- many phases. I would say like、um, it, it wasn't like super straightforward from、uh, Berlin, from from Safi, where I grow up, to 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 Berlin. But yeah, growing up in in Morocco,、um, when I was in in Morocco, a child that was like twenty plus years ago, it was tough.、Uh, it was extremely、uh, a tough childhood.、Um, Morocco today has changed a lot. It became like it. It has like a lot of really good infrastructure. So now, when I visit Morocco and I see、um, what the kids in in Morocco have today,、um, it is not、um, the same infrastructure that、uh, that we had、uh, back then.、Um, so yeah, it was like super super tough、um, childhood.、Um, I like even within Morocco, the city of Safi is not.、Um, The center of 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 anything.、Uh, so all the action is happening in the big cities, like in Marrakech, in in Rabat, in Casablanca. But in my city, life was extremely slow.、Um, and、um, when when I was a kid, the biggest actually dream that I had was that you know is 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 basically taking a plane once in my life before I die. That was the biggest dream I had, and I remember. So we don't have an airport in my city. I have never seen an airport, and then、um, 
I used to see planes, but I thought actually they are rockets, the planes, because they were like so far, because there mm. was no aeroport like close by. Um, and yeah, when, when, when I saw like a plane, I would, um, I would always dream how, how would that feeling be like being in, in that plane. Um, so that was the ultimate dream. Like the biggest dream I had was um, taking a plane once in my life, you know? Um, luckily I achieved that. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think I took, a, at this age, I took probably the, the plane like hundreds of times. Um, but, but yeah, back then, um, that was my dream till I was even like 17 uh, years old, 18 years old. That was still one of the biggest dreams I had, taking a plane once. Wow. And look at you. Yeah. You didn't not only, you know, took a plane, but like you moved abroad and you lived in different countries. I mean, you achieved a lot. I mean, like, you know, your younger self would be so proud of you now. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Let's, I, I overachieved uh, compared, yeah. to, <laughs> compared to the dream I had till I was like 18 years old. I really overachieved. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, like, you know, I read, I think I, I told you before, uh, before our recording, but like I read your uh, blog post about your childhood and your, your, your growing up in Morocco. It was, I was so inspired. Um, it was very touching. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I was so excited about today's interview, uh, because I'm sure there are, you know, some people out there, you know, who would be so impressed by you, so inspired by your journey, and then you're helping them to, you know, dream bigger and then show them this is achievable because you've done it as well, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Then, uh, okay, then uh, before, because we're going to talk about France, um, but, bef you know, before France, like, why did you choose Berlin? I'm curious. I've never been to Germany. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Yeah. So yeah, when when basically I was in in, in Morocco, I um, I studied mathematics in in, in Morocco, um, and um, I, I always just wanted to travel um, abroad. And when I had the very first chance um, to continue my studies in in another country, um, well, that was like I couldn't even believe till I was um, in the plane. Oh, this is really happening. Um, then I went to France. I studied in, in France. I studied um, computer science uh, there. Um, uh, so I, I got my master's in computer science in 2014. Um, and, and after France, um, I, I decided to move again. Um, so I, I, I loved learning um, and I always wanted to um, to to go somewhere where I could learn even more. Mm -hmm. And what, what I did back then, um, this is like probably all the French people, they, they won't like, like me here, but um, I just looked <laughs> at the ranking of, of GDPs and, and, oh, wow. um, and, and then Germany was uh, better than France by like one trillion. You know, it's like a lot. It's like 30% more than the GDP of, of France. And Japan was also even way better than than uh, germany um and then the us um so i said i'm gonna move to germany stay like two years three years there just to learn why germany is better um like basically learning about their working culture processes and everything and then after germany i wanted to move to japan 
And then after Japan, I wanted to move to the US. And then I said, wow, <laughs> after, after like six, 10 years um, in these countries, then I'm going to like choose, do I want to stay abroad or I have to go back to my country and really just bring all the knowledge I've acquired. Um, but yeah, I ended up staying in Germany 10 years. Um, uh, I did though travel to Japan a few times and also to the US a few times. So I have an idea about like um, why these countries are actually uh, better even than, than Germany. Uh, but yeah, I got stuck in, in, in Germany. Um, I moved first to a small city called Heidelberg. Um, and there I couldn't feel, so it's like, I think it's the richest um, uh, kind of town in, in Germany or like the, the, the town that has most uh, millionaires in, in Germany. Oh, wow. it, it, really? it was like, yeah, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was really, um, uh, you could see a lot of wealth there. Like I remember oh, wow. um, after work all the time, there were like a lot of small airports with like small planes every day, like after 5 p.m., you see a lot of people, they just go take their small plane and then start playing in the sky. So it was like, you, you could feel that people have money um, in, in that area. Um, but um, I, I loved action and I wanted to kind of um, be in a place where there are a lot of opportunities. So what I did um, back then, I, um, I said, I'm gonna travel. Uh, I was still a student. I had the salary because I was an intern. In, in, in Heidelberg, intern for SAP in the headquarter, it's there. And I, I took like two weeks um, where I traveled by bus uh, across all Germany. Um, and um, I, I did one thing, which is I said to really connect with the places where I will be, um, I'm not gonna bring my phone with me. So I, I left my phone at home um, in, in, in Heidelberg. And I traveled, so I started, yeah, I went from, uh, from Heidelberg to Stuttgart, to Munich, to Dresden, to Berlin, Hamburg, um, and then to Cologne, and then to uh, Frankfurt, and then back to, to Heidelberg. Um, without a phone? Without a phone, without a phone at all. What about the map all. then? Like, you don't need a map, like Google Maps? You can just, like, read no. maps? or No, I didn't have wow. a map, nothing, nothing. And... Um, Wow. It was an it was an extremely difficult uh, <laughs> trip. I, I remember in Hamburg, no, in in Munich, it took me um, took me like three hours to just find a hostel where to stay after I arrived in the station. Um, till I really hated the idea of not bringing a phone um, because also people didn't. It was really very hard to just approach people in the street and get their help. Um, and in, in Hamburg, I had also like a very horrible story um, where I spent the whole day looking for a place to stay and there was like everything was fully booked. Um, and I spent the whole day with like, uh, I had a suitcase at that time, not even a backpack. And I spent the whole day just with my suitcase, <laughs> hoping that the next uh, 10, 15 minutes, I will find the place where to stay. But everything was fully booked. Um, but yeah, in Berlin, in that trip in Berlin, I, I just had like the most awesome experience. Like I connected with the city. I was in a hostel. It was really super good vibes. Um, it was like a mixture of, yeah, there were like a lot of young people. Uh, we partied very well. We, um, and, and I, could, I could feel there is like um, an energy in the city. And I knew 
uh, this is the city where I want to stay. So when I went back to Heidelberg, I applied within SAP to join their like one team in, in Berlin. And this is how I ended up in Berlin. And yeah, I'm I'm now in Berlin like nine years actually. Yeah, I'm I'm very local here now. Ten years in Berlin? Uh actually a little bit over nine years. So in total in Germany I'm ten years. I, I arrived to Germany in February twenty thirteen. Yeah. Oh wow. And then I arrived to Berlin in September twenty thirteen. Yeah. Oh wow. So almost ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You're local years. there. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm super, I'm super local in Berlin. Like I have, uh, yeah. But, but Berlin is is a great city because it's changing a lot. Um, so uh, when you, um, when you, it's it's a big city. Uh, so when you hang, mostly you will start, you will end up ha- hanging out like just in one part of it, not in the in the whole city. And whenever you go to another part, you just feel you really travel to another city. Uh, the people are different. The, it's a complex uh, city. It has a lot of history. It was like uh, in the Cold uh, War, it was divided to four, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So there, there is like part that is Russian, American, French, British. It was uh, bombed and then built, rebuilt like in, in both world wars. And um, it's, um, yeah, it's a complex um city and you do feel it you do feel it when you go from one district to the other there is like different types of um people um so in some parts you will find a little bit like fancy let's say uh middle class people in the other is like super communist type of people in another one is like super anarchist and um we don't want to uh, belong to the government, to the state. We don't like order. Um, and then in some other parts, you have like just a lot of tourists that just ended up here because they heard yeah. Berlin is a party city, you know. Um, so this is the, 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 let's say, the fun part of Berlin. Um, plus also like there are a lot of people coming uh, and, and leaving all the time. And it's an English speaking uh, city. So the rest of Germany speaks German. Berlin speaks English. Um, and you can survive with only English really in, in Berlin. Uh, like there are some places where like restaurants, cafes, where if you go, um, they, they can only speak English, you know, so they don't even speak German. Oh, is uh, it? So it's yeah, an yeah. international kind of diverse it's, city, I guess. It's, it's super international, super diverse. Um, and, um, yeah, you, um, you don't feel that you are actually in Germany when you are in, in Berlin. Uh, it feels more like New York or London uh, than, oh, wow. than the rest of and, and And when you, when you just take the train and then you go like 30 kilometers outside Berlin um, to Potsdam or any other city or even to big cities like Hamburg and Munich, then it feels Germany suddenly. Then everyone speaks oh. German. The, you go to the restaurants, the menu is in German. Um, yeah. So this is like a very long answer to your question. Like yeah. this is why this is why I am or like I choose Berlin. This is how I also choose Berlin and how I choose Germany. And um, yeah, I'm still I'm still here. Well, thanks for sharing because like before because I've never been to Germany and I had because I yeah I had no idea about like you know these aspects of Berlin at all. I thought like it's similar to other <laughs> other cities in Germany, but like. Yeah, it, it sounds super international and diverse. And, it has, it, you know, definitely the city definitely has a lot of, like, characteristics 
Um, so yeah, I would love to visit one day. So yeah. okay, so so you from Morocco and then you studied in France and then you moved to Germany. Uh, I definitely want to touch upon a little bit more about uh, your first kind of like moving journey from Morocco to France. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier that like you know one of your like, your big dream that you had when you were young was like you know flying like taking a plane one day so mm. can you tell us more about like how did you end up you know moving to France and how did you feel you were finally in the I don't know if you were in the plane or no I think you were in the bus I, I think I, I read in your blog post but yeah but can you tell us more about your your journey to France and also yeah, and, and I, I also saw that you know that you know you were one of the top students in 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 your school in Morocco. So yeah, tell tell us more about yeah. your 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 journey to France. So I I, I flew actually to France. So I, I went okay. by by plane once. Um, so I decided once to to take a bus, and it was from Morocco to France. It was the most horrible experience ever. <laughs> I do not recommend that. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to see it and feel it because I knew a lot of um, especially the working class um, North African migrants that are in France and stuff they, they take a bus a lot you know and I just wanted to experience that and um, yeah yeah you can anyone can experience it but it was really a tough experience I um, I recommended so I have a, a brother studying in France I also recommended him to try it at least once uh, but it's, it's an experience that you do only once and that's it you know but yeah, like when, when when I went first, I went by by plane, and um, you know when you are Moroccan and you go to France, you don't feel that you are really going to a foreign country. Um, mm. I didn't I didn't know that before. Um, so the the first time I felt that we I really traveled abroad was when I came to Germany. But when I was in France, I thought like I'm I'm traveling to Europe and stuff. Um, but I I, I remember. Um, you know, like I, I was in, in uh, at the university in my class and then you hear just Moroccan outside, like a lot of, oh. there, there are like tons of Moroccans everywhere. And you, <laughs> you know, you, you hang out with Moroccans, you can eat Moroccan food whenever you want. Um, you, um, you talk Moroccan. So there is like still a lot of Moroccan culture in, in, in France. And I did not really feel um that it is a super exotic uh, place for me. However, I had I had my 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 kind of small cultural shocks in in in, in France. Um, but I think it's mainly because I grew up in a small city in in Morocco. If I grew up in a big city like Marrakech, Rabat, Casablanca, I would not have had like that 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 cultural shock. Uh, but yeah, I remember at the very beginning, like all the so in Morocco there is this uh, this thing which is men and men we greet ourselves like by kissing on the cheek for four times you know four times in morocco yeah in okay. morocco and mm -hmm. and in 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 my city when it's a little bit more conservative with girls like a man and a girl you just shake hands you know oh. um but so so same sex they kiss each other four times so also girls in 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 my city you know they will kiss themselves oh, like four times okay. mm -hmm. and guys mm -hmm. they kiss themselves four times so when okay. i have to and and you kiss everyone you know um <laughs> So I go, I go to a class and then there is like, you know, like 30, 40 people like queuing to enter the class. And then I will go to all the guys and I'm kissing them like four times. And then, and then all the girls, they, so normally in France, the girls kiss the guys and then the guys, you just shake hands. And then um, oh. unless you are gay, then you can 
kiss among guys, you know? And um, so I was doing that for a very long time, like for two weeks, whatever. In France. And In France. Mm-hmm. And I, I started feeling like every single guy is kind of like distancing themselves. And also like girls, they also feel like they also distance themselves or like they feel a little bit weird, you know, mm-hmm. like they try to, they try to kiss me and me, I'm like just shaking their hands. <laughs> and, and till, till, till at some point, I remember some French friends that I got super close with, they, they came and they told me, Hey, look, um, yeah, I'm not gay. Like they are not gay. And I was like, yeah. Oh, like, you're gay because you're yeah, doing yeah. that. So oh the whole class, I'm gay, you know? And then I was, um, so I was like, yeah, what, like, there is no, why, why are you telling why are you me? Telling me like, this? I, didn't, I didn't ask you, like, I, I respect if you are gay and stuff. Like, it's, I have no problem if you are gay, but why would you tell me that you are not? It's fine, you know? You can be, you can be anyone you want. Yes. Um, and then they're like, ah, but aren't you gay? I was like, no, I'm not. And then they, they're like, ah, but why do you kiss guys? And I was like, what do you mean? Why? Uh, yeah, we we guess it's normal. <laughs> that was like, this is. And then the, the that friend, uh, he's by the way still a very good friend till today. He explained to me how it works in France. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, wow. When you kiss a guy, then it's interpreted like this, and then you have. So all the girls, they thought like I don't like them, or like I'm. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. They took it very personal. Like, hey, this guy doesn't, you know, like he's not friend with us. He doesn't. This doesn't want even want to, wanna, you know, kiss yeah. my shake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then, and then for me, it was like, yeah, it was like, whoa, wait, because in in Morocco, like when you kiss a girl on the cheek, it's like it's so intimate, you know, it's like hugging her or it's oh, really wow. super Is intimate. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, or like in in my city because my city was super conservative, and and. Okay. I was like, whoa, wait, this is so shocking. I, I will kiss girls. So for me, it felt like almost like kissing on a lip, you know? And oh. it took, yeah, yeah, it was really, it was like, um, like a boundary I have never crossed before. And it was, it was like getting into the, the, the really intimacy of, 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 of the girl. Like it was like super intimate thing yeah. to do. So it took me a bit of time to kind of get used to that. But later on, when I moved to Germany, I had like another level of shock. You know? So. <laughs> okay, first question. Because like in Asia, we don't have like kissing on the cheek that I kind know, of culture yeah. at all. We don't even hug. And, mm. um, you know, so I'm curious. So do you mean by like kissing on the cheek means like kiss? Because I know that in France, they kiss in the air, but they like just like putting their yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you mean by that or like really no, no, kiss on just, the cheek? No, no. Yeah, well, you just put cheek on, on, on cheek. the cheek okay. and then, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want, you could also like kiss with your lip on on the cheek but usually okay. it's like it's touched between but the but for cheek. me it, okay yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but for me it was already like wow <laughs> yeah know? yeah i was like damn this is too crazy for me you know <laughs> this is too much and what, yeah, what yeah. was the what, what what was the shock in germany i'm curious so so okay so i spent three years in france and then i learned okay like guys kiss uh, don't kiss and then girls they uh, you, with girls i will kiss on the cheek so i got used to it then I moved to Germany and um, I was living in a, in a shared house, you know? So we were, yeah, like we were seven, eight people, all of them mm-hmm. Germans. I'm the only one who is like foreigner. And oh, wow, when, okay. they, yeah, yeah. So when they wanted, it was really beautiful house. I had like a great garden and stuff. It was super nice. Um, and to welcome me, they organized a party 
you know, where they invited like 40, 50 people and we had like so much fun. And um, so when, when I remember there was one girl who was like leaving and then she came to me and she was not leaving with us, you know, she was just a guest, mm-hmm. but we, we didn't even talk much. Maybe we talked just a little bit and then she came to me and then she hugged me, you know, hugged you. Okay. She, she uh-huh. hugged and then she hugged me like really super strong. Not and like, oh, bye. Not like that kind of short hug. Is it like a strong hug? Like strong hug. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and I was so confused, you know? Because, oh. because, because when, when, like, okay, in France and in Morocco, you hug, it's like, it's like again, kissing on a lip. It's so Even intimate. in France? Like, so yeah, yeah. In France, no, you don't. Yeah, you don't hug in France. You know? Is you it? Don't hug, yeah, you don't hug in France, you know? So, um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you don't hug. So when when I was hugged, I I, I was really shocked. And then I, I really remember and I was like, okay, like now she made a move. I have to make a move. You know? <laughs> so I need to do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, wait, but we didn't talk. No, but she gave me clear sign, you know? And then and then I was like oh my gosh. I was like, okay, do you have Okay, so what's your number again? You know, <laughs> and then ask for the number, and then she she was like, um, "Why do you want my number?" And I was like, "Okay, not I'm confused." You hugged me. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, "Uh huh, okay." What I like, I struggled to interpret it, you know. And I was mm. like, "Okay, shall I say? Okay, let me walk you outside." And I was like, "Hey, can I walk you outside?" <laughs> I'm crying. This is so funny. And then, and then she was like, "No, no, no. Um, it's it's fine. I know the way." And I was like, oh, "I'm confused now. What what shall I do?" I asked for the number. She's like, "Why?" I asked, "Hey, can I walk you outside?" She's like, "Why?" But wait, she just hacked me. So I was so confused, and I was like, "Hey, there is something here confusing me." So I went to one of the people who is living with me at home, and I said, "Hey, like that girl, she just hacked me." What do you um, like? What 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 shall I do? You know, shall I uh, shall I ask for her phone number? Like, what's uh... and then she said, "What do you mean?" It's she just said goodbye, and I was like, "What do you mean goodbye?" She hugged me, and then they explained <laughs> to me that in 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 Germany you hug, and that was like such a cultural shock. It was like, wait, so so I just imagine, wait, I'm living in Germany and I will be hugging every girl I meet. And I was like, this is insane. This is insane. So This is paradise. Got, yeah, that's, this is how I felt. This is how I felt. I texted every single friend of mine in France and stuff. I was like, move to Germany because people hug by default here, you know? And then I got used to hugging. And then I go back to France. I go back to Morocco. And in oh, Morocco, wow. if you... And so when I, I got so used to hugging and I go to Morocco and there is like a family event... And then I start hugging every single girl in the events. And then, oh my gosh. And then, and then my family complains, you know? My family, they came to me and it's like, because it's so bad. It's extremely bad. <laughs> it's like, if you, especially if it's conservative, especially like if the girl is like putting scarf and it's really yeah. super conservative, you need to even sometimes ask, do you shake hands or not, you know? And me, I'm hugging. And me, I'm hugging, you know? And then, and then I, I remember, like, every single woman in my family, like, all my, like, my mom, my aunts and stuff, they, they just were so shocked. And they came to talk to me. They're like, hey, Zach, like, why are you hugging? And I was like, ah, it's normal in Germany. They're like, 
What do you mean it's normal in Germany? This is Morocco. So I, I always struggle because now I'm more used to hugging. And yeah. um, like also when I go to France, I, I hug, but then I, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I have to explain <laughs> to people that it's not, I'm not doing something rude. It's just like in Germany, people hug, you know? Yeah. Wow. So, so, so this Germany, is my, my cultural shocks, you know? No, I mean, like, honestly, thank I had no idea. I had no idea about this. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. So, so curious. So in Germany, uh, you don't kiss on the trip. Just hug. No. No kiss. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you don't. You don't kiss. You just hug. But you don't hug anyone. Like, you hug friends, you know? So you're not hugging. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you hug people after you feel there is some kind of distance, uh, like a uh, close distance, you know, like, okay. yeah, okay. If, you could still meet in a bar and then have a nice talk and then hug afterwards, but mm. you won't be hugging random people, you know? Like so strangers, it's not, not like that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't hug strangers, but the same also in France, when, when you do the kiss on the chick, mm -hmm. it's usually when, when you got a bit closer, it's not like oh. completely random and not, you know, what? Oh, yeah. See. While actually in, in, Actually, it's the same in Morocco. So Morocco between men, it's like when there is a little bit of, like you are a little bit closer. It's not like ran random people, you just shake hands, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but this, this topic of actually how you greet uh, each other, if you check different cultures, it's, it's extremely interesting. Like if you go to Saudi, for example, they put the nose on each other. It's like, this is how oh, they nose. greet. Oh, nose. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 nose on the nose. Yeah. Like no, no, it's just men, men and men, and they, men would put, and men. they put no nose on one nose, and then they keep like touching it like this, you know, multiple times, oh, and and you have, I think it was in um, because I was so interested in this topic, and yeah. at some point I just I just googled it and I checked how people greet in different um, in different cultures, like I think in in Mongolia they would put the nose on on the cheek, you know. Is it? Okay. Like there are really different ways how you greet people and um, what what might be perceived as like super intimate in certain cultures in others is just their normal way of, of greeting, you know? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Super interesting. Yeah. I think like Asia is also very super conservative when it comes to yeah. greeting people. Like even like in Asia, like, I, I, well, Asia is a big, big country, but, like, yeah. I, I can speak only about, like, for Korea, but in Korea, even, like, we don't, like, hug yeah. them much. I remember, like, after living abroad, like, you know, after living abroad, and then I just went back to Korea, and then whenever I met my friends, I just, like, hugging became just, like, so casual, and mm. I was just started hugging, and people were like, why are you hugging me? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I resonate with your story, but it's super interesting to to hear like different country has different way of greetings. Um, yeah, yeah, super super interesting. Um, okay, now we talked about um, Germany for mm -hmm. a bit. So, uh, well, you worked for SAP. I worked for SAP. I so. Did. <laughs> great company and yeah. i saw that you worked for sap for about five years and yeah. then um and then you were also a part of the office of the cto team i think this is yeah. quite huge deal i yeah. mean like sap is a german company headquartered in germany and then you were you know the part of the office of the cto office i mean this is really huge uh but then you decided to quit your job and then yeah. start your own uh, entrepreneur journey. Uh, 
so yeah, I mean, like, was being an entrepreneur your dream since you were young? And like, yeah, I mean, can you tell us more about like, how did it all happen? Um, so I was, um, let's say after I achieved my dream of uh, taking a plane, I, I started dreaming <laughs> bigger. And, and um, yeah, and, and I always just, um, I, I was trying to learn a lot and try to really progress a lot in, in my career. I remember... So I was working for SAP, but every single weekend I was really just studying and uh, either, um, yeah, doing like kind of uh, trainings, workshops, taking certificates in pretty much like everything. Um, wow. I was I was a software engineer, but um, I was just curious about tons of things. And um, yeah, and uh, I tried to study finance, product management, project management, um, uh, crypto, anything, you know. Um, and I was just studying, studying, studying a lot. I also launched a lot of things. So I, I, I have actually a YouTube channel uh, still not super active now, but I have like... No, I saw that. You have a lot of subscribers. Yeah. I was yeah, so yeah, impressed. Because, yeah, I, I, we could, I could have uh, even a lot if I really focused on it. But yeah, yeah I have like almost 5,000 subscribers. I have one video. It's like 400,000 plus views. Is so, it? Um, yeah, I have one video with like 400,000 plus views. And... Um, yeah, at some point, I I just wanted to try out like starting a YouTube channel, and I also did all this YouTube Academy uh, certificates, <laughs> like how to grow a community, how to wow. whatever. Uh, so I, I I I just did it, and um, after that, and I was like, okay, no, I want to do something different. Um, but I I always wanted to uh, learn learn a lot, learn about different businesses, about different industries, about different fields. Um, and what also I was doing is like every single day after work, um, I went to, yeah, like uh, one to two meetups, you know, different events about like different topics. Um, and, and it just happens and it helped that in Berlin, uh, there is a huge startup ecosystem. So I ended up going a lot to meetups where there are startups pitching. And I've actually witnessed a lot of startups like, when they were extremely small and then like just two founders and then they raise like their 300 million and then they become like a unicorn and stuff. So I have, I have seen that, you know, and, wow. um, and then I started telling myself, like you get also a lot of inspiration from these people. Yeah. So after like being in the, in the, I'm inspired uh, seats, I wanted to really, uh, yeah, change the, 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 like the side and, and just really do the thing that's, that actually these people are doing. And um, instead of just watching them, really uh, trying to build something. Um, so I started nurturing this idea of, hey, I want to build my own company. Um, and I talked to a few friends and I met a few friends that were extremely motivated. They were also like working day and night, weekends, holidays all the time. And we started working on different ideas. Um, we started working on a lot of ideas um, on, on, on weekends. We worked on some crypto projects when wow. even crypto wasn't a big thing. I launched, um, actually all these things before even uh, Exhibit, my augmented reality company, I launched uh, an e-commerce um, where I imported pottery from my hometown. Safi, it's very known Ooh. for pottery. And I sold it here. So I started it with my ex-girlfriend and then... Um, yeah, we even hired people. We had like three people working for us. And um, uh, so that was like a side thingy. Um, 
but yeah, I was like experimenting with a lot of small businesses and uh, trying to just launch something. Um, and at some point I felt, hey, the way I'm doing it, I can never build something super big. Um, mm. And to build something super big, I have to take even like a bolder move. And I need to really jump in, in kind of the, the, the ocean and learn how to swim. Um, mm. So I, I, I just quit my job. I had like a fancy job, fancy salary, yeah. fancy career. I was like super <laughs> young, office of the CTO and um, speaking, out, like talking about like strategy. I was working not only closer to the CTO, but also to the chairman, Hasa Platner. So the name of the team was like the chairman team. Wow. But we were part it's of huge. the office. You were yeah, so was, young. Yeah, yeah, I was like extremely young. Um, so successful. I mean, like, this yeah, is crazy. It was, yeah, it was like really pretty. And I, I, you know, I started my day at SAP with like uh, our innovation center in Brisbane, in Australia. Ended it with Palo Alto. I was like in California participating. So you're traveling in the a lot. Yeah, I, I did travel a lot. But also oh. I, um, I was involved in in tech strategies on an extremely high level and it was mm. closer to the people basically taking the decision like even where the the CTO was sitting so the, the CTO was sitting like I don't know six meters seven meters from me so it's like distance like walking distance and I, I you interact with the people taking the decision for like a hundred thousand plus um, in, in employees and um, it's the biggest tech company here in, in Europe like SAP so was like super strategic and i could if i stayed there you know i i could have had like also very awesome corporate uh, yeah. like, uh <laughs> you know career and and then i just quit and everyone told me this is so stupid to, to quit <laughs> um i i think they were they were right um but but i i, I think it was the most like yeah the best decision i have ever made was to take that super bold move and then quit. It's extremely tough. It's mm. super hard. It's way harder than I thought, you know? Um, wow. I, I, I quit. I had like savings in the bank accounts and I was, um, you know, I, I got used to even a lifestyle where, yeah. uh, like super awesome lifestyle, you know? Uh, even going like, to a restaurant every weekend and buy something that you want to buy, you know, without thinking that much, you know? I, I, I was like even beyond that, you know? Oh, I, beyond uh, that, okay. I, I was like... <laughs> You know, I, I rented a plane at some point. I, um, you know, I had the dream of a plane. So I rented a plane. I drove a plane. Oh, I, my God. I, Look at no, you. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> I, I, I was like doing crazy stuff. I was like traveling just like this, you know, like I decided, wow. hey, I feel like going to Dubai. Then I would just uh, go to Dubai for like three days. Um, oh, my goodness. So I, I almost started having this jet setter lifestyle. And um and I had good savings in the bank accounts. I quit and I kept living the same way, uh, like just restaurants all the time and uh, beautiful life all the time. Um, and then you start realizing um, when, when, yeah, when you cannot achieve things in a startup, when you fail. So I, I felt on top of the world because I was working at such a high level at, at SAP. And then when you start really failing in, in your first startup, you start realizing that you don't know much and you still mm. need to know a lot. Mm. And, and I was still in, an engineer when I quit, you know, mm -hmm. and I had to learn business. And then you realize, oh, it's going to take a lot of time to learn business. Um, yeah, this is when you are like, wow, that's, uh, that's a 
bold decision that I took. I would not recommend it to to everyone. Um, but but it's it was like the best decision for me because as much as it is hard, but when you survive, you just you just like improve as as a person by by like you know a huge x factor you know um mm. you learn a lot about a lot of things um uh, you understand the world better you understand business better but you understand yourself better like way better mm. you know um mm-hmm. because you become extremely um realistic with yourself honest with yourself if you're not honest basically with yourself you cannot really progress so you need to know your real weaknesses and your real strengths and um yeah you just you just know yourself you are obliged you are forced to really know yourself a lot um so yeah i think it was really a great decision uh you know if if anyone feels bold enough to do it i highly recommend it but it's not um mandatory you know like uh, you need to be very um honest with yourself if you enjoy like going on vacation to thailand to bali to whatever other destinations um and you are not ready to give up that in the next mm. 10 years you know <laughs> <laughs> then then probably this is not something yeah yeah this is i i think this is how you should frame the question is like do i really want to uh, stop going to bali and thailand for 10 years to build this whatever platform startup oh. that i want to build you know <clears throat> and if the answer is like yeah yeah i can give up vacation um for 10 years then then it's fine. Then, then you, you can be an entrepreneur, you know? Wow. Yeah. 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 And your, your answer is yes, you can give up. Uh, yeah, me, I mean, it's fine. I, I, I give up, you know? Um, I, I, I took time to reflect on that. I mean, now I'm like four or five years as an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm not ready to give up at all. You know, like, um, well, first of all, the business I'm running right now is going pretty well, which is really good. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I know it's, there will be a lot of downs, but I'm not ready to give up at all, you know, uh, like I'm fully in. Um, I, I still manage to go a little bit on, on, on vacation, but it's not like before. So I cannot, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, can, uh, I cannot rent a plane anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this, this I gave up, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, and after, you know, quitting your job at SAP, you know, your first company at Exhibit, and uh, now you, you know, you founded your second company, Wanda. I mean, I, I've seen some articles about like Exhibit, you won, like, quite successful. I yeah. mean, isn't it like you, 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 you won some awards and you were in media. Um, I feel like, you know, it's a huge success. And then I, I'm curious. Now you started your second company about two years ago, like in 2021. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, in your opinion, what were your kind of like biggest lessons that you learned from your first company? Um, yeah, exactly what you said. Um, that success is not being uh, in in media. You know, uh, is not winning <laughs> awards. You know, um, this is the the biggest um, learning for me is. Let's say when I started Exhibit, um, it was more, I was more like a lifestyle entrepreneur. So I enjoyed the, the I am a founder um, mm-hmm. title and I'm also an entrepreneur and I'm changing the world. And I wanted to, to feed my ego a lot, you know, so it was like a lot of 
ego validation and um, being like in, in media and stuff gave me a lot of validation and um, winning this, those awards um, gave me a lot of validation. So we were after that. We were actively after mm. the awards, the media, and um, we became extremely famous. I mean, there are articles about us in Korea. So I saw that. Korean, I was even yeah. in Korea. Are you kidding yeah. me? I, yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah, I read it. Yeah. yeah. So, so there are articles about us in Korea, like in China, in um, Switzerland, in France, in Morocco, in UAE, in Germany. Like we have been so famous everywhere. But um, by by the end, um, this is not what really. Uh, matters you know like uh, it depends what you are building i mean we were not building a marketing agency so for us mm. like this this doesn't really matter so what really matters do you have a product uh that is used by users and yeah uh do your users love using your product um uh, is, is the user i don't know acquisition growing and stuff it's like the core thing in a company this is a company you know a company is like a product service and then um the customers and then uh, yeah the revenue this is like the matrix you should really or like the core things in in every single company and when you focus on just awards and and also we were not doing it super strategic you know um we were just winning awards and there wasn't any real strategy behind like okay now we need a little bit of pr for this purpose like pr is great but you need mm -hmm. to always have a strategy for it and you yeah, you should know, okay, now it's time to go after awards because we, you know, we want ABC, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, no. So it was like extremely random. Like we, we, we want awards in, in, in China and then, okay, what's, what's even the purpose of that? You know, like <laughs> we were not expanding to the Chinese market and um, yeah, it was like purely uh, pure experimentation and just like we, we collected a lot of LinkedIn likes and stuff, you know? And a lot mm. of uh, everyone thought we we made it. I mean, when you are already in China and there is like a Chinese um, whatever uh, news article about you and you win an award there, all your friends and stuff they start like, wow, wow, you know, I yeah, I want to <laughs> take a picture with you, Zach. You know, so and this was like a great thing back then. But yeah. what 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 changed between the first one and the second one is, um, I, I took actually time to reflect and. Um, I'm like, okay, either I really stop this entrepreneurship thingy and I go to an awesome paying job and then I, um, yeah, I, I have vacation and whatever, or I continue as an entrepreneur, but then um, I don't want to just be famous. Like, I don't need it anymore, you know? I could mm. be, like, I, I've been like this personality of the years, whatever, like all these thingies, and I don't, it's not bringing to me anything, you know? So mm. I don't need that. If I want to be an entrepreneur, it has to be like for real. And I have to really focus on the core things. Um, and yeah, I took some time to really just figure out what is this core thing. And this is how actually Wanda was, was born. So for me, Wanda is like, it's a it started like as a mature even company, you know, because we really um, like the, the, thought process to to even come up with the idea and then to build the business and really think about the business you know um especially that i know how hard it is you know when you are just building a business for the for being famous um so we really we really uh, thought about things in in a completely different way and um yeah wanda is like 
way much more mature in, in, in the core, you know? Like mm. if you check today in, in the media, like Wanda is like covered way less than, than, than exhibits, but mm. because we focus on the really core things, like now mm. we start doing a little bit of, of PR and stuff because we want to like improve our SEO, whatever, but mm. uh, we do it, we do it extremely strategically right now, you know, like, mm. um, and, and also like in my first company, whenever I communicated about an article and stuff, I used I, so I, whatever I mm. made it, na, na, na. Now, 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 now I completely changed that. Now I always say Wanda did that, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and this is like a tiny change, but it's also a huge change in the mindset. It's like, yeah, no, no, true. it's not, it's not, it's not about me. It's about the company, you know? Yeah. And, and I always like mm. push Wanda first, you know, it's, if it's me, if it's someone else in the team who is doing it, it's like Wanda was a guest at this TV show or whatever. Wanda yeah. was the one covered by the article, not I was on the article, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I definitely learned a lot from uh, the first experience. I actually learned business. I, I knew nothing about business at the beginning, you know. Yeah, but but like yeah, I mean, but like thanks for sharing all the all the lessons that you learned. I mean, this is huge. Um, I mean, like it's so like. But I, I I understand like ego thing. I think it, you know it's for, it happens for everybody. I think of you know as a human, it's a human nature in a way, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and it totally makes sense that you know I feel like it's so easy to say I you know instead of like mm. you know company name is yeah it's so easy. But like that that change might be very tiny, but actually is is a change of your mindset. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for sharing. Um, and uh, about Wanda, I have a question. So you, I think I, I read in one of your LinkedIn posts that Wanda is really close to your heart. Can you just like mm. tell me a little bit more about like why you know why is it? That? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I I always wanted to do something for Africa. So that was the ultimate goal. Um, mm. I'm actually extremely structured that I I have like a weekly plan, a monthly plan, a yearly plan, a wow. four years plan. And I have like, a, yeah, like a lifetime plan. Like I have all these things, like goals and stuff. I love I have it. Everything, I have everything written and, and it's kind of like OKR. So it goes down like from the lifetime, what I want to reach in a lifetime till like four years, like uh, this year. And then it boils down to, to really like the what I'm working on this week. Um, and I have it visible in front of me, like all the time on, on Notion. Um, so I knew I always wanted to give back. And, and it's so complex why I wanted to give back, especially I wanted to give back to, to Africa. Um, and and I, I'm going to mention just one aspect because it's like many, many aspects there. Like I, I tried to, when I moved from Morocco to, to Europe, um, you know, you try to do all the westerners things um to really kind of just be accepted as like european or western you know mm-hmm. uh, it's like okay people drink alcohol i never drank in morocco i'm like okay let's drink alcohol you know um mm-hmm. people whatever like uh, are open whatever yeah let's open you know so you just mm-hmm. kind of try to um do as much as you know you can to really just be um be accepted uh, as as like european but the reality is like because of the look it's very hard to escape from 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 mm. that you know um mm. so if if 
if let's say if you're not dressed in a certain way and then you just show up to purely random people you would be always seen in in a certain way and um mostly okay you look moroccan or you look african then you must have like certain behaviors probably you are not developed probably you are coming because you don't have uh, money in your country like all these things exist so the yeah. the really most sustainable way to kind of um improve this image at least not probably for my generation but for the generation of my probably grandchildren is to um is to help the african countries really develop you know uh, mm. because otherwise like even my my children my children will look like me and then my grandchildren probably they will look slightly like me and and they will always have the same problem and and i would ideally like improve like the the situation there and you can improve different things you can improve the economy education uh whatever other things rights and i decided to just focus on on economy it's like the let's say it's the easiest among the others the other ones like it's too political it's too complex and mm -hmm. and um and and i would say yeah helping economies helping small businesses basically um export more and bring more money and earn more money um and creating this kind of sustainable income for them it's it it will be like a huge help for for the whole continent mm -hmm. so this is like one reason why it is close to my heart i i can also add another one which is like okay apart from africa if you look at the so like there is the pyramid of, of the world how much people how much money people make and access to education healthcare and stuff mm -hmm. if you focus on helping the bottom of the pyramid and you try to bring them to the average um you're solving so many problems at the same time like just imagine mm -hmm. if if actually all africans were like the average african was as educated as the average european for example you will have more um like it's not only that you will have less problems because there is problems with migration with whatever but you will have even more solutions like you will have uh, more more i don't know cancer researchers you know you will have more um space whatever astronauts you know you will have more you will just have like more yeah. qualified people more qualified humans and it's like 1.6 billion you know people and it's growing a lot so if you mm -hmm. bring that bottom of the pyramid not not only africa like here it's really like also south america parts of asia and if you just upgrade them if you give them more income more yeah. access to a lot of better infrastructure you help humanity in general to advance faster like if you are work, work mm -hmm. working on i don't know on solving climate change i mean mm -hmm. there is actually a small portion of the world that could actually uh, work on solving this problem today but then if you upgrade the, the bottom yeah. of the pyramid we will have more resources to actually solve this problem so that's that's again like one reason why i'm i'm, I'm starting like this uh, topic or like basically why i'm working on on, on wanda but i can talk about it like for, forever like i, <laughs> I actually I, I run an african diaspora think tank here in, in europe where i bring all the african um top achievers like founders influencers oh. whatever and and the the idea is to discuss how we can um like how do we imagine the the the, the economic development the, yeah of, of, of africa how can we contribute to africa like all these topics around like really uh, the development in in general of of mainly africa um so i i can talk a lot about this topic we need like three more podcasts yeah
<laughs> I can feel that. I mean, like, yeah, when you just like started talking about Africa and then, you know, you know, Rwanda, and then I, I could totally feel your passion, and uh, I, I could see that. And also, I agree with you. You know, now with Rwanda, you're you know helping you know Africa uh, and small business owners, but at the same time, you're eventually actually you're helping the world. Uh, hmm. you know, making a bigger, bigger impact by helping Africa. It starts from Africa, but it could be like, you know, it's a yeah, that's bigger true. impact in, in the world. So, hmm. um, yeah, I mean, can't wait to, you know, see more success. You know, it's, it's a, Wanda is so successful now, but like, you know, you know, I, I can't wait to see, you know, more amazing things uh, coming from Wanda and you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, I feel like you're extremely positive person and I, mm. I actually, okay. I have a couple of questions actually. So number one is, um, you know, I feel like you're an extremely positive person. We all have ups and downs, but like, do you have any secrets, um, to stay always positive or try to be, you know, uh, positive. And also the second question that I have for you is that you mentioned earlier that like, even when you were working at SAP, you always had like side side thing that you're always working on and everything you're, you're you know lifelong learner you always like learn new things right how do you well we like we, everyone has 24 hours a day how how do you well how do you manage your time and be the most productive and focused as you can be do you have any it, because it personally is something that i'm struggling with uh, mm -hmm. So that's why I'm asking you. So those are the questions that I have. Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. On, on, on the positive aspect. Well, I, I think the, I have like an unfair advantage because of the Moroccan culture or like the African culture. I think, um, you know, like all these developing countries, usually they don't have uh, money, but they have time. And then they, in, in that time, the only entertainment because they cannot afford like, uh, you know, renting a plane and uh, I don't know, skydiving, all these thingies. Um, so they, they have to entertain themselves and usually they entertain them, themselves just by creating positively out of nothing, you know? Mm. And um, so when I grew up actually in Morocco, this, this was like the, the, the norm, you know, like you just meet people, there is just tea there. They don't even really usually drink alcohol. So it's just tea. And mm. then, and then people, try to entertain themselves out of nothing you know wow. um and and i have seen it not only in morocco but in a lot of developing countries and i do have that you know uh, so just making fun of every single position like every single situation and and um yeah like just laughing on on the most stu stupid things um then of course like the the like now that i'm in germany and stuff like germans are so serious so focused and stuff <laughs> So I also have that aspect, which helps me in business. It helps me really run the business. But whenever, yeah, whenever I, I really am struggling usually in life, I would just remember how would I deal with this whole thing in, in, in Morocco? Or I would call mm -hmm. my family in Morocco or like my friends in Morocco. And in, in, in Morocco, like if you tell them it's like, um, I don't know, like uh, there is a huge financial crisis, the world is going down. They will make a joke out of it, you know, because I people, love, yeah, just, people, yeah. people don't, don't don't connect with like they are like yeah okay it it can't be worse for me, you know, like <laughs> it's like I'm earning, oh, making like, jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. Because like they are like at the really at the very bottom. So mm. if if they lose, then probably 
they're, they're losing like one percent, two percent from whatever. Like the impact is really low at the bottom. So that's why <laughs> that's why actually they don't care about like a lot of things and everything, no matter how big it seems and it mm. is, they would just make um like they won't really take it so serious, you know? And then you're like, oh, I love it. like mm-hmm. this person is like dying or whatever. They're like, yeah, but like other people are dying. I'm like, hey, this person has cancer, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, I know like five people that have cancer. <laughs> They're like just making fun out of the most unexpected and the most serious uh, situations. Wow. So, so usually I just call my family and then they would just like, you know, like anything. They would just really bring it to like they will just look at things from a completely different perspective so this mm. cultural kind of um background helps me a lot in in, in mm. staying positive um yeah like uh, apart from that I, I would say like just um leaving my bubble which is like this entrepreneur's uh, ecosystem because there is a lot of pressure in it everyone want to mm. become the best everyone talks about numbers growth success and stuff and and just leaving it and then hanging out with like it's basically trying to replicate that experience like the moroccan experience trying to find people that are um they still don't have like a lot of like um they don't see things as serious as i do you know Mm -hmm. so it could be people just doing like extremely normal jobs like um Mm -hmm. you know and or like yeah like uh, students or whatever but usually like people really that are you know, like when you have an artisan here in Germany working just on their own thing, like they don't care if there is like a problem with the Silicon Valley Bank and, and all these <laughs> things, you know. So so you go and you, you meet these people and you just get out of your bubble and you just talk to them, exchange with them. And it, it just helps you, you know, it helps you yeah. s- see life from the different perspective. So this is how I deal, I deal with it. I just try to kind of look for the, mm-hmm. my little Morocco everywhere. Um, and, and yeah and and your your second question was um uh, the time, I have time. yeah mm-hmm. huh um okay so Big now questions yeah, yeah so now, now it's like the opposite of everything that i yes. have said i'm extremely um usually picky with 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 my time um i i'm like a time freak so um oh wow so Thanks usually, for your time today. I know we are over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but, but it's fine. But it's fine. Um, okay. But, but usually, yeah. So w- one thing that completely changed, um, like, a, uh, let's say, I, I learned, I, I met one, one guy and then at some point it's just like, this guy is like super, super, super busy. You know, he, mm-hmm. um, uh, he was like um, top level in investor, responsible for like a big... Um, VC, he worked like on a on a Hillary Clinton campaign and stuff. So it's like the guy's like everywhere, super busy. And mm-hmm. then when I met him, um, he sent me like um, uh, a link to book him like a call with him, and it was like yeah, I think it was like a ten minutes or like fifteen minutes, and and I felt like it was disrespectful. I was like, huh, you know why? Because at that time, I always had like I think I had like one hours or like whatever in my meetings with everyone. And then I started really changing my, my, so I started with that, like my meetings, I do not. So, uh, you know, I, I created this 15 minutes meetings, 30 minutes meetings, 45 minutes. So I'm not thinking in half an hour, one hour. I really just, yeah, I'm like, okay, 
can we get to the point in, in this meeting in like 10 minutes or, mm. you know, or 15 minutes, then I would really, so I, I don't go with the, like the, the multiples of like 30 uh, minutes. Mm. I'm like really focusing on how much time do I really need for, for this meeting, you know? Mm. Um, and, and so when I created the link and I started shortening my meetings, I saw that, oh, I could actually, you get to the point faster because yeah. with the meetings where you have like, I don't know, half an hour or one hour, um, you catch up first. It's like, how are you? And, yeah. you know, and, and all this thing is, <laughs> but then when, when you have like an extremely short time, you get to the point super fast. Yeah. So it already, this is how I started already optimizing my time. Um, but usually, yeah, usually um, I, I do, um, everything is in my calendar, like everything, mm. everything, you know, like um, even I, I don't tell my, my friends, but a lot of my friends know, but I even put my friends in, in the calendar. So if I'm meeting someone. Like meeting has, someone in your calendar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything is in the calendar, like even tasks, if I want to like block some time only for one task, it will be in my calendar. I use my calendar a lot, you know. Um, mm. and, and so for me, if it is in the calendar, it's happening. If it's not in the calendar, it's not happening, you know? Mm. Um, so, so this is, and, and in my calendar again, like I, you know, it's like till the minutes, uh, I'm like super accurate with, uh, pretty much everything in my calendar. There is also like the time when I go to the gym, the time when I clean my, my apartment, <laughs> wow. there is like the time when I do the grocery shopping. Uh, it's also in my calendar. Um, like all these regular thingies, they are in, in, in my calendar, you know? Um, wow. And, and my calendar, when I look at it, it just helps me visualize what's happening. Um, what, what else? Usually I do spend most of my time with, um, I try to spend most of my time with like people who are like one step better than me. Um, mm. so, um, so this is also like, um, this is something that's, it took me a bit of time to learn and to accept that this is actually um, a good thing to do. And it will be very beneficial because like being Moroccan, growing up with like poor people, then jumping into these rich people, I just had the tendency to hang out with every single one. But then mm. if you hang out too much with people that would just take a lot of energy, knowledge, whatever from you, it's good to, to share, but you just need to be extremely um, aware of how much do you get in and how much are you giving out? And, mm. and, you know, if it's like 20% you give back, whatever, um, and 80% is coming in, then it's awesome. But if it's like the opposite, it's really bad, you know, mm. then you are not really at, mm. at some point you are limited, you know, like if yeah. what you get is like 20% and you are given 80%. Okay. At some point you are just repeating yourself. You're not progressing. And yeah. the people you were even like kind of mentoring, coaching, or like giving any advice to, they will even progress better than you. So, it's very important to be aware of that. And, and I try to hang out with people that exactly are one step because I also, you know, when you hang out with people that are like 20 yeah. steps, first of all, they won't spend a lot of time with you. Plus also the advices, the whatever that they will give you, it's like so much ahead. Mm. And, and um, you, you want people that would just understand your situation right now, yeah. but they, they have done something better. That's why they are like in the next step. This, this was like extremely helpful, you know? Um, and, and yeah, in, in general, I'm also like, uh, you know, like online meetings, not, not really offline. And if it's offline, it should not be like on the other side, in the other side of the city, like one hour away and stuff. I used to do that back when I had a little bit more time um, where I would be like, yeah, sure. Let's meet in person in whatever. 
Um, but now I'm also like commute, I reduce it a lot. Um, and um, yeah, I also have like my quality time, um, mm. but it, it's usually super, super planned. So I would not waste time in, um, you know, I, I would have like focus time. I'm like, okay, these four hours or whatever, it's purely my ledger and I'm having just fun. Um, and, but, but I would make sure that these four hours, I'm not like wasting half of it, just trying to figure out what to do or like, um, yeah, commuting. So I, I would be extremely, yeah, efficient in kind of getting entertained. I'm also super fast at taking decisions, you know? So oh, if I'm like, okay, good. yeah, if I'm like, okay, I feel like I need to be like, I don't know, to, to do some entertainment, I would not spend, um, two hours, three hours on trying to figure out what looking for something. What, what should I uh, do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's extremely fast. It's like five minutes, whatever. And even less. And I, I take the decision, you know, I would not even actually sometimes even for traveling, you know, uh, mm. if I want to travel on vacation, I would not spend um, a lot of time on trying to just, you know, learn about every destination. And I, I'm like just super fast at, at taking decisions. And, um, I'm also fine most of the time with missing out things. Um, mm. So as far as I'm like relaxed and calm and having fun, it's fine, you know? Wow. Yeah. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's helpful to anyone. Is that is 1000% helpful. I'm going to listen back again what you said and then write it down. And then definitely I'm going to... I don't like... I'm, I'm, I'm quite structured, but after... <laughs> Listen <laughs> how you structure your calendar every day. I was like, wow, this is like mm. another level. Okay, uh, mm. definitely want to apply uh, that uh, to to my life as well. Thank you for sharing. Uh, one last question, and uh, I'll let you go. Um, so I asked this question to all my guests, uh, which is, what is your favorite book that you like to recommend to our listeners? Oof. Well, um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are really a lot of books that um, I I highly, highly, highly recommend. But um, I do personally think that we tend to read a lot of books from the the kind of like focusing on the Western cultures, which which are really good. Like this is the mainstream thing, and there is like tons of knowledge there. But I I think there is like extremely a lot of knowledge in the eastern part of of Europe. You know, uh, mm. it depends is where you are. And, and not, not Eastern Europe, like I'm talking about Asia. I'm talking about oh, like East, China, oh, okay, Co okay. Korea, mm. Japan and stuff, like in, in the really far East. And, and, um, and, and I do think like there is like so much that we could learn here in Europe or like the Western world or Africa also from that part. You know, I mean, China made it, Korea made it. Uh, Japan is also like super strong. They have a lot of wisdom there. So mm. I, I, I started recently reading a little bit more books there and uh, oh, wow. Maybe some of them are actually written by by also like uh, you know Westerners, but they focused a little bit on the what what happened in Asia and how um, I'm I'm extremely fascinated by by Alibaba and Jackman. No matter how you know uh, people might think he's good or not good, whatever. So I don't care about that. But how how they started basically Alibaba in that context and and how they made it like such a huge thing. It's, it's extremely fascinating and you can learn even different models, you know? So there was this book, I, I read a lot of books about Alibaba when I wanted to start um, uh, Wanda and, and there was this one um, uh, like Alibaba, the, 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 the house that Jack Ma built 
by mm. Duncan Clark. Um, so I, I highly recommend this book for anyone building any marketplace. Um, of course, there are a lot of books in the West, uh, West about how to build marketplaces. I also recommend them, like The Platform Revolution, Modern Monopolies, The Cold Start Problem. Also, these books, I, I, I love them. Um, and, and How Asia Works, um, this was like one of the most fascinating books that I actually really read, I have read. Um, and it talks how, you know, how Korea actually made it, you know? Oh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they talk a lot about how Korea and how could Korea actually develop in, in an extremely short time, how other Southeast Asian countries did not actually make it. Um, or like they didn't have the same growth like like Korea, but um, it's extremely fascinating. And it taught me a lot about how could Africa also like develop. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe I just leave it with these two books. And um, uh, another one that I, I enjoyed, um, it's like Homo Sapiens by Yuval Noah. Ah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a classic. I, I read like all his books, Homo Deus and, and yeah. others. Um, Homo Sapien was was extremely um, like it's like an eye opener on on it's kind of it allows you to kind of zoom out and look at our existence uh, from from a little bit like far you know that's um, all this like startups, CAC revenue, na na na. It's it's just like a tiny thing if you just look at the big picture. And when you look at the big picture, you tend to um, look at also problems like mm. in, in their real size you know um so you don't yeah you you don't over like you, you don't exaggerate problems you know you're like look you know tax system i have problem with declaring taxes or whatever this is like just a tiny thing within mm -hmm. if i just look at humanity and if i look at what i'm building I'm building something great for humanity and stuff. So this is like a tiny thing. It shouldn't really matter a lot, you know? Um, th that was like super, super fascinating book. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe I just leave it with these books. But um, yeah, uh, happy to, to, um, to share more if uh, people ask me. <laughs> wow. Three books. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to list everything uh, down in the show notes. Uh, well, thank you so much. I mean, like... This is like a pure, like super, like a lot of wisdom and a lot of like sharing and wow, I, I really appreciate your time and everything that you, you shared uh, on the podcast. Uh, probably it's one of the best podcast interview that I, that I had and I really enjoyed it. Truly, truly, truly enjoyed. Uh, yeah, this interview. Thank you so much. Is there, is there, the, is there anything that I, that you want to, you want to, you know, mention before we wrap up anything that i missed asking you anything you want to highlight before we wrap up i don't know like just um uh, support wanda follow wanda <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, support wanda yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing i have in mind yeah amazing yeah i visited wanda's website uh beautiful beautiful i think of rocks i think i saw rocks uh there yeah um so definitely check Ooh. it out yeah, we'll have a new version in in two days. Yeah, oh, in wow. two three days we will have a new uh, new version of the website. We'll have like uh, even more content and stuff. So Amazing. check it out again in 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 few days. Got it, got it. I'll I'll link it down uh, in the show notes. So yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, 
that's it, uh, Zach. Um, so thank you so much uh, for your time today. Um, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Enjoy snow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.